Welcome to the Leadership Matters Podcast, where we talk matters of leadership because leadership really does matter. Here's your host, Jeremy Albrecht. Well, welcome to episode 13 of the Leadership Matters Podcast. This is actually part two of a mini series entitled Leadership Hacks. Uh, if you listened to episode 12, you got part one, and it was all about knowing yourself. And so let me just recap for you. If you're just tuning in and you're catching episode 13, maybe you missed episode 12, I encourage you to go back and listen to it. But if you're just tuning in today, let me just bring you up to speed what we covered real quickly in in part one of this mini-series. We started by talking about your effectiveness as leaders. I, I would... Um, guess that we would all want to be more effective in our leadership, especially here in a brand new year of 2019. And so what I've come to find in my own life and my own leadership is that our effectiveness as leaders is not so much related to doing more, but but related more so to, to being more. And more what specifically are we talking about? Well, we learned last episode just being more intentional that our intentionality is directly related to our effectiveness. And so what we specifically shared and and spent all of our time in in part one was talking about being more intentional about knowing yourself as a leader. And so the way to do that, we gave you three top fives to actually work on, and hopefully you've taken some time to do that homework. We talked about your top five call list. What what do you believe you are called with your life to be great at? Top five things that we talked about, your, your top five uh, filler list, what fills your tank, and your top five drainers. We also encourage you to to share that list with somebody else, possibly a spouse, and uh, and and just get a healthy rhythm in place in your life and your leadership and your practices and disciplines every day. And uh, we concluded by by talking about that we are specifically going to be leaning in in part two of this episode that that flows right into. Um, leading yourself, being more intentional about leading yourself. And so we can't do that until we know ourselves. And uh, so that flows right into today's episode, February 2019. So I'm pumped to be with you back again behind the microphone. Let's get, let's jump right into things and pick things up. Um, Many of the items here, I, I want you to know before we even get going, that many of the items here actually intersect with one another. And so I'm not going to share my list. Again, we've got some more lists of practical application steps in in how how you lead yourself best. Again, uh, let me just give some disclaimers. This is not an exhaustive list. These are things I've put into practice or trying to anyways in, in my own life. Some of them more recent than others. Some of them I've had instilled for quite some time, but some of them are really fresh. And so these are some helpful hacks that I've just learned that will help you actually lead yourself well. But we we had to specifically start, and I think you're going to get the idea, you're going to get the picture as we get into some of these things, that we, we it would be out of order to actually, if you're jumping into this, you really do need to go back to episode 12 and listen to that, because without knowing yourself, you can't really lead yourself best. And, and so I really do want you to get that um, and take the time to actually do those three top fives from last episode in January. So um, here, here are some, again, in no particular order, here are some helpful hacks that will help you lead yourself well um, in, your, in your leadership. The, the first one I want to talk to you about is, is fixing your calendar. 
And maybe you've heard this term before, operating with a fixed calendar. This is something I actually came across last year. It's it's very recent and very fresh, and still I, I'm still tr- learning it. I'm still trying to be better at it. Um, but man, is it so freeing and so liberating, as, as you'll see in just a moment. But uh, what I've said here is fix your calendar before it fixes you. And what do you what do I mean by that? I mean fixing your calendar actually means scheduling everything. And, and the the best place to start in scheduling your calendar, maybe you're currently operating off of iCalendar or Google Calendar or or, or an old fashioned day timer, maybe. Um, if the shoe fits, wear it. Uh, and, and maybe you're operating, you slot things in as you, as you get requests for things. You'll say, yeah, I got time for that. Or yeah, I can do that here. I've got an opening here. Uh, I'm actually talking about being more intentional with your calendar. Uh, again, this all comes, effectiveness is directly related to, to intentionality. And so if we're going to be intentional, let's be intentional with our calendars. And so where you start with this, a great place to start is actually with your top five call list. Going back to episode 12, I'm going to refer to that quite a bit actually here. So so if you haven't listened to it, you might want to press pause and go back and download that episode. Listen to it right now before you go any further. Um, or, or some of this maybe won't make sense. But if if you don't know the five things that God has called you to be great at, you're not going to know how to be best intentional with your calendar. And so what I do personally is I list and prioritize my time according to these top fives which many of them I, I shared with you uh, in our last episode. And so I want, I want you to remember a couple things here. First of all, just these are a couple tips when, when you're fixing your calendar. Do your best when you're at your best. And so let, let me really translate that for you. Let me break that down, unpack that thought. So for me, some of you will remember if you listened to last episode, you're going to remember that after my first two being called to be a great husband, called to be a great father. After those two, I went into my next one, which has to do with the passions and and things and and the way that God has wired me. I talked about, I believe God has called me to be a great leader developer. And so with that being the case, I need to actually fix my calendar and and be intentional with my calendar surrounding that. So for me, how that works out, I'm at my best in the morning. I'm going to talk about this uh, even timing and, and how much timing has to do with that in just a second. But let me finish this point first. Uh, I'm at my best in my in the morning, and so I actually fix, I, I put a block in my calendar, color-coded block that for leadership development in the morning where uh, actually there's certain days of the week where I'm actually going to hone my skills. I'm going to better my, my skills at, at leader development. So I might write material. I might work on, on this podcast in the morning, but I'm going to use my best when I'm at my best to work on one of the things that God has called me to be best at, to be great at. Uh, I'm going to use the time when I'm at my greatest. I hope that's clear and, and making sense to you. And, and so what a fixed calendar actually means is you actually block off time slots. So maybe hour slots or or two hour slots. You block off your entire day from basically the time you wake up to the time you go to bed. And and I'm that serious about it. If you were to open up my calendar today, I use iCal and and I have color coded, you would actually see blocks until the time I I go to sleep each night. Everything is blocked off. Now, I'm not super, super rigid with it where if something comes up that I can't go um, play with my child or, or, or whatever. But 
for the most part, I try and stick to this, this fixed calendar. And, and the first tip, like I said, do your best when you're at your best. Now, now let me talk to you about timing for a second. I've been reading a, a book called Deep Work. I've also listened to a, a podcast. One of the podcasts I listen to, which I highly recommend, is the Kerry Newhoff Leadership Podcast. Shout-outs to Kerry and his amazing content that he develops. And so I listened uh, back before Christmas. I was listening to an episode, episode 233, I believe it is, with Daniel Pink. He had on as a guest who has written uh, multiple books. And his most recent is all about the science of timing. And Daniel, in this interview with Kerry Newhoff, actually talks about three stages of a typical workday. He talks about our peak, the trough, and recovery period of a, of a typical workday. And the peak is actually when we're most vigilant. He says in his work that 80% of the population is actually morning people, where, where we're at our peak, we're most vigilant, most focused actually in the morning time into the early afternoon for some of us and that varies depending on the person um, and I know I'm one of these people I'm at my peak I'm at my best in the morning time and so then he talks about the trough after the peak we actually slide into a trough period it's that lull it's that mid-afternoon lull maybe one maybe two it's around that time for me and uh, he talks about that being a great time to actually work on, on the admin work or emails or something that doesn't take a whole lot of brain uh, power. And then we flow after that, after the trough, we actually go into a recovery. This would be late afternoon, early evening possibly. Uh, recovery period where, where we're, our mood is actually high, but our vigilance is not. We might be easily distracted. And so these are. this is a great period of the day for meetings or creativity or brainstorming exercises um, is actually a great thing to do. And, and he says we, we need to stop just paying attention to our intuition and, and, and scheduling our day according to how the rest of the world schedules it and actually pay attention to the research, to the science behind timing and, and the way we're actually wired, hardwired. And so I wanted to share that with you because that has a lot to do with fixing your calendar. If you actually know what type of person you are, if you're a morning person and you know you're going to be at your best in the morning, then why not do your best work in the morning? Why not save what you need to be best at? So maybe you're a, you're a youth pastor and you need to write a, a message for a week. Why not save the mornings, maybe Monday or Tuesday or those mornings to actually work on message prep when you need to be most vigilant? Um, and, and most focused and, and, and most you're most prepared to turn away distractions at that, at that peak period of your day. Um, but he also talks about, um, he, he talks about taking breaks in, in his interview with Carrie, which I, I thought was really something because I, I think a lot of us as leaders, we think breaks are for weak people or lazy people, but he actually says something totally different. He says breaks are good is the bottom line, basically. And he says, there's a four, four tips he gives for taking breaks. He says, breaks are better with others. Breaks are better outside. Breaks are better when we're moving, when we're not just sitting somewhere or, or, or standing or, or, or even laying down. And he says, breaks are better fully detached. Um, so getting rid of your smartphone, turning off your computer, even uh, if you're taking a break with somebody else, <coughs> excuse me, not taking it with some... Um, while talking about work or something work-related, but, but talking about something totally unwork-related. 
Yeah, but he, he goes on, his, his premise was that breaks are actually really healthy. And the best time to take a break is actually in that trough period. So get up, get away from your desk. If you, if you normally sit at a desk, take a walk with somebody would be better. Outside would be better. Moving is better and fully detached is better. Um, so having said that, uh, uh, that just totally magnifies uh, the point that we need to, to do our best when we're at our best. And so for me, um, I save the admin work. My, uh, I'm just starting to put this into practice more and more all the time. But in, I used to, my former way of, I'd get into the office after spending time with, with God, get in the office, open up my email, I'd start responding to email the very first thing I did. But I'm learning that's actually a huge detriment um, to, to my effectiveness as a leader. Um, and so I've stopped doing that. Um, even literally this morning, I went right to actually leadership development and working on the, this podcast specifically um, because I want to work on this while I'm at my best. And so I'll save the admin. After I wrap up this podcast, I'll go back to my inbox and clean it out and respond to emails when I'm in that trough period. And uh, this is a no-brainer for me because I'm at my worst and I'm finding the effectiveness of, of, of just leading myself well through this, through fixing my calendar. And uh, and for me, fixing my calendar means even scheduling date nights and individual time with my kids or leisure time or fillers or rest for me, leisure time, uh, having fun or playing sports or, or the things that, that I talked about filling my tank. I actually schedule those things in. And here's the benefit to fixing your calendar and not just leaving your, your calendar open all the time. Here's the benefit is now you can check your calendar when somebody asks you to do something or wants to meet up or or, or ask you to, to have a commitment to something, you can actually say, you can go to your calendar and see if that time is blocked off. And I encourage you to leave open blocks for leave margin. And we'll talk about margin in a little bit. Um, but if that time is scheduled, say it's time with my kid, I can actually say to somebody who wants to meet me, say eight o'clock on a Tuesday night. Well, I already know that's date night with my wife. And I can say, I'm sorry, I have a prior commitment. I don't have to go into detail and tell them who I have a commitment with. Um, I don't have to defend it. All I have to do is say, because my calendar is fixed, I'm sorry, I have a prior commitment. That's all they need to know. And I'm telling you, this is so liberating. It makes it so much easier to say no to people now because you just go to your fixed calendar. And if it's blocked off, you say, I'm sorry, I have a prior commitment. Somebody wants to meet me maybe when I I need to be at my best. I'm actually going to use... Uh, meetings with people in the recovery period. What I learned from this interview with with Daniel Pink on the Carrie Newhoff Leadership Podcast. I'm going to use the recovery period of my life and my day more and more to actually meet with people because I want to save the time when I'm at my best to actually work on the things that I feel called to be best at. And I hope that makes sense to you. Um, and if you want to learn more about this whole fixing your calendar, I just encourage you to Google it. There's all sorts of material out there about fixing your calendar and what that can look like for you. But I encourage you to, to, uh, to lead yourself well um, by starting that practice, that habit. And it's going to take some time to get going. And uh, you're going to need to allot a couple hours to actually work on this and, and uh, map it out, what that looks like. Um, but once you do, I'm telling you, it, it really does make it so much easier to say no to people. And no to uh, to opportunities. And I've just learned something in my own personal life. I'll just share it with you. Uh, I feel led to go here for a second. But the older I get, I'm not so interested as just good opportunities anymore. Uh, I'm only interested in assignments. And uh, I'm, I'm, time is too short. 
to just take every good opportunity nowadays. Um, there's all I get all sorts of opportunities that come my way, but but I'm only interested in actually doing the things that I believe God has assigned me to do, and uh, that is liberating in and of itself as well. So fix your calendar before it fixes you. Second one I want to give you is prioritize family. So this goes right along with fixing your calendar. When you go to fix your calendar, I encourage you to actually put your family in there first. Um, put some blocks. Maybe it's in the evening. Maybe it's after the workday, whatever. Maybe it's before school starts. I, I don't know what it is for you or what stage or, uh, or age your, your kids are at or your family's at. But stop giving them your leftovers. When you go to create that calendar, why don't you put your vacation time in first? I was talking to a friend not too long ago who was just telling me that there's never any good time in ministry to take vacation, which is so true. I've actually said that statement before. There, there's never a good time. But that's no excuse for, for, not, for not setting your holiday t- time, your, your vacation time. I actually just sent our office administrator my, my vacation time last week, uh, which was like the first week of January. Um, and she responded back to me and said, wow, you're so organized. It's not so much about organization. It's about prioritization. And I want to prioritize my family. I want them to know that they are first. And so I booked my vacation time right in January for the entire year, schedule it out um, so that otherwise I know my time will get sabotaged and it'll get taken and it'll make hard. The longer you wait to book your vacation time for the year, the harder it is to fit it in. And you end up giving your family, short selling your family um, and giving them your leftovers. And, uh, Uh, I also want the spiritual development of my kids and family. Uh, I want that in there. Where is that? I know as the the leader of my home that that I'm not just to have a vision for that, that I'm to set aside time for that. And I just really want to encourage you to stop giving your family. I see so many leaders do this, and, and I used to do this, but I'm trying to be better at this. Stop giving your family your leftovers and make your spouse and your kids a priority. And the only way to do that is to actually, it may sound ridiculous, you mean you want me to schedule my time with my spouse, my time with my kids in my calendar? Yes, that's exactly what I'm saying. Because then you can tell other people I have a prior commitment. And that is so freeing to be able to do that. The next thing, number three, uh, uh, is, is, I talked about this, already alluded to this a second ago, but creating margin. Um, margin is so great. When you fix your calendar, it actually creates margin in your life. And, and here's the idea of margin. Margin is the idea that being that you live off less than you need. And so for me, I, how that works out for me translates in my everyday life. I, I am in a lot of meetings, a lot of coffees and lunches with leaders. And so I try and give myself at least 30 minutes to an hour between meetings where, where I can maybe... Uh, peel off some emails or, or just unwind. Maybe it was something heavy I talked to a leader about, and so I just need time to unwind or time to do something unrelated that, that will fill my tank again. I mentioned back in episode 12 of one of my drainers is counseling, and so I need to create margin in my life in between sessions where I might be le- meeting with somebody where I can be fueled up again. And so when you have margin, you actually increase the chance of you hearing uh, also from God, the still small voice of God in your life and leadership. If you never have time to breathe, you're never going to have time to listen. If you're just running from appointment to appointment and your life is just chaos constantly, that's going to spill over in, into every area, every aspect of your life. 
And so it starts with fixing your calendar. And when you do that, you can actually fix it in such a way that it creates margin in your life. You have time in between things where you can recoup and regenerate. And that goes right along with vacation and, and time off and rest as well. You need to schedule that, it create, which will create margin for you to, to actually be just a happier, better, healthy person. Okay, and so number four, I know I'm going through these quick, but we're running out of time quick. Um, number four is being fully present. I'm trying to encourage more and more leaders, and this is something I'm trying to do all the time, is that wherever I am, that I would be all there. Wherever you are, be all there. And if you're not sure about this, if you're not sure if you do this and you're married, I encourage you to ask your spouse. They will give you an honest answer. I can assure you that. And don't get defensive when they do. If it's not the answer that you're looking to hear, don't get defensive. Just start to change and start to change that habit. Maybe you've got a bad habit of, of bringing your phone to the supper table or bringing, putting it on the table. Even the fact of you putting your phone up on the table communicates a message. Maybe you're, you're unwinding with fam or, or, or trying to spend time with your kids at night and, and you've got the phone out all the time and you, maybe your kids have even commented on that. Uh, I want to encourage you to change that. And I'm really trying to be intentional about this. Of You know, I, playing with my daughters or playing with my kids that my phone's not out, it's not even on me. I'm trying to leave it more in the bedroom on my nightstand where it's not even there. In the evenings when I get home, I'm all there. You got all of dad. And, and stop bringing it places with me. It, it is not attached to me. It's not a part of me. And I want to get into that habit, that practice. And so I know the, a couple months ago, my daughters wanted to play gymnastics. And so I went out and actually built a little fake gymnastics balance beam, brought it into the living room. And it just, I was all in. Like, I, I want to have more moments of that because I know that kids are not going to remember me for how much I was on my phone. I want them to remember me for how much I was into them and the things that they're into. And, and so I want to be very mindful of that. And I'm still a work in progress. I got to confess to you, I still mess up on this lots, but I want to be fully present. Uh, I want that wherever I am, I'm all there. If somebody's talking to me, engaged in conversation, and, and I get a buzz in my pocket or a text message or an email notification comes, like I don't even want to look at it until that meeting is over. And I'm trying not to do that, trying not to even place my phone on the table because that communicates something that, hey, if this thing goes off, I want you to know whatever is on the other end of this is more important than me meeting with you right here, right now. That's a horrible message to convey, but that's exactly what it conveys anytime you put your phone in a prominent place while you're meeting with somebody face-to-face. And anytime you look down or glance at it while you're meeting with that person, that's exactly what, that, what you're communicating to them. That what's going on on my phone is actually more important than you being here in the same room with me right now. And so be careful. Be fully present. Uh, another one is, is going dark. I, I've called this go dark. Here's the premise behind this one. If you're always accessible to man, you'll never be fully accessible to God. And if you're in any form of spiritual leadership, you know as leaders how important it is that we are accessible to God, that God can actually get a hold of us, his still small voice. He can actually speak. He can give us that prompting, that leading in the middle of our day. And the, the only way is to develop this practice, this habit of actually going dark. And so here's what I mean by going dark. I mean going dark digitally, technology-wise. And so 
I think there needs to be a 24-hour period in our week of total rest where you actually detach yourself from your device, from your smartphone, from your computer, where you actually go dark. In our home, uh, I'm trying to instill this, this principle of going dark every Sunday. We call it No Tech Sunday. And where our kids and myself will, will go dark and, and just not look at our phones, not be on our devices. I want them to learn, have healthy practices with their devices and, and not have their devices rule them. And so I'm trying to teach them to detach themselves from those devices. But I've got to lead the way. I've got to lead by example. I also think one week out of the year should be a vacation week where you don't turn on your devices. And so uh, I'm learning this as well. We're, we're, we are not a device. And I know our devices have become things that, that are on all the time. We don't even shut our phones off anymore at night. We plug them in to charge their battery, but we never shut them off. And I want you to know, you are not a device. You are actually not wired to live that way. You need breaks. You need periods of time where you're not attached to a device, where it's not on. And uh, I, I just believe, and I see this more and more all the time, our devices have become idols in our lives. And I'm not against them. They're great tools, but they're just that. They're tools. They shouldn't be idols. And uh, I know I've been guilty of this before where our device becomes the first thing we check in the morning when we, when we get up and the last thing we check before we go to bed. And I just don't think that's a healthy practice to have. There needs to be an hour period even out of every day where you're just not on your, your device while you're awake. I'm not talking about while you're sleeping. And so I believe devices have, have been a result. One of the results of having a device on all the time, it's actually drained our creativity as leaders. We're never caught daydreaming anymore. And let's face it, many of the great creative ideas that we get and used to get, I know this personally in my own life, was in moments of daydreaming where I just had moments to think where I wasn't on a device. But let's face it, anytime we have a spare moment, it is so tempting and so easy to pick up that device. And it has become a creativity killer in our lives without even realizing it. And so uh, I, I just want to say, go dark. Make, make periods in your, in your week. Make periods in your day. Make periods one week of the year in your year where you go dark digitally. Final one I want to talk to you about leading yourself, being more intentional about leading yourself, is, is to lead with legacy. Intentional leaders actually lead with the morbid thought of thinking of their funeral. And I know that sounds absolutely incredibly morbid, and it is. But it is so helpful in your effectiveness as a leader if you really want to become the person um, that you want to be. And, and so what, I've, what I do for this this uh, this one is I actually sit down and I encourage leaders to do this, to actually choose, think of your funeral, who will be there, and what you'll want them to remember you for. When you think of eulogies given at your, at your celebration of your life, and, and I hope it is that, a celebration, what do you want said about you? And, and actually list some descriptive words. And uh, I, I encourage you to make a word list, make a word picture of what you would want people to remember you for. Maybe it's character. And, and so let, let's use character, actually, for an example, for a second. Now you need to be intentional about becoming these words. So if character is one of those descriptive words, you'd love to have people get up and say, well, I just know this person, this, this leader, man, they were full of character and integrity. They were honest, like 
who they were in front of you was who they were in the dark. You, you, they, they did what was right all the time, no matter what the cost. This was a person of character. Start to think of that word you want to be described as. And now what are you going to do? What are the, the healthy practices, the disciplines, the habits that you're going to need to have in place in your life to make sure that that is a word that is used to describe you? What are the boundaries you're going to need in place? How are you going to build that? And start to think about that. And that's actually how you shape your life to ensure that at, at that moment, when whenever your time is up here on earth, that on that day, the people closest to you that are there to remember you will actually use those words. Those are the words you'll be remembered by. And the only way to do that is to start at the end and work your way back to present day where you are today. And we're all a work in progress in that. I, 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 here's, what, here's what I can tell you about that thought. I can tell you that I've never, I've never heard somebody at a funeral, and I've been to many funerals, been a part of leading a couple funerals myself. I've never been to a funeral where a family member, somebody close to a loved one who has passed, has said, I wish, I, I wish they would have spent more time on their phone. I wish they would have spent more time on email or connected to digitally. I've never heard anybody say that. I've also never heard anybody say that on their deathbed. And I've been at a few bedsides where people have passed on into eternity, and I've never heard them say. They usually talk about, I wish I would have spent more time with my family. I wish I would have, would have said things that I never said that I should have said to the people that matter most to me. I just assumed they knew. Those are the types of things I've heard in those, those last dying moments. And so I want you to think about that thought. I know it's not the, the, the warmest, fuzziest thought to think about, but think about the end. Think about your final hours. What will you want to be remembered for? What will you wish you would have done more of? I can almost assure you it won't be you wish you would have spent more time scrolling through Instagram. I can almost assure you it won't be that. So if it's not that then what are you going to put into place today to make sure that that's not what you're remembered for? Because I don't think any of us would want the people closest to us remembering us for that, for being on a device. And so if you'll be more intentional about not just knowing yourself, as we talked about in episode 12, but, but leading yourself, it's actually going to set you up nicely for what we're going to talk about in part three. And that's being intentional about, about leading others and, and specifically your ministry. And so for today's purposes, I just want to put those few practical tips in, in place in front of you. And if, if you will start by just, by just going back through each of these and maybe, maybe one practical application, how you can apply. Maybe it's fixing your calendar. Maybe it's going dark. Maybe it's be fully present. Maybe it's creating margin or, or leading with legacy. Whatever it is, maybe it's prioritizing your family when it comes to booking your vacation time and booking your time with your family. If you will do just even one of these in the next 24 hours, put something new into place, again, to ensure that you actually do something with, with what you've just heard about. I know it's going to help you in, in, in leading yourself and being more intentional about leading yourself. So I want to thank you for taking the time to listen in on another important matter of leadership. Join us next month for part three of this Leadership Hacks mini-series. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Leadership Matters podcast. If you've enjoyed the podcast, why don't you take a moment and subscribe on iTunes to ensure you never miss another episode. Until next time, remember your leadership matters.